listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. So please do us a favour, listen in on your favourite podcast platform, hit like and subscribe, leave a comment and don't forget to tell your mates about us. On the Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. G'day and welcome back to On the Road episode 73. On this week's show, Mike is joined by Louise Bellato, Executive Officer of the Northern Territory Road Transport Association, to look at trucking in the NT. Rising Australian country music star Maddie Colville-Walker shares with us her influences and plans for the future, as well as her great new single. We've got Ben the Truckies accountant with his Wait the Truck Up segment. Mike has something to talk about later in the show and it's all to do with the massive trucking protests currently going down in Canada. There's all the latest from the On The Road newsroom, plus music from Maddie Colville-Walker and a blast from the past from Catherine Britt. Well, it's time to kick off. So, let's get this show on the road! Yes, get on with it! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24 7. Loads of trucking classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. It takes a special kind of talent to stop people in their tracks. Maddie Colville Walker is one of those rare young talents who's blessed with this ability. A proud Yorta Yorta woman from the Echuca Moama region, Maddie writes from the heart with the ability to transport you to another place. It's like she's lived many lifetimes before, and her knowledge, wisdom, resilience and survival flows through her beautiful storytelling. Maddie has worked with Archie Roach, Fanny Lumsden, Kucher Edwards and Darlinghurst, and she was a finalist for the 2021 Music Victoria Archie Roach Award for Emerging New Talent. Maddie draws much of her inspiration from her grandfather and Yorta Yorta elder Archie Walker, along with other musical members of her family. She says, They've not only taught me about music, but also the importance of a strong family support network. They continually encourage me to do my best in music and inspire and support me in following my musical dreams. To share those dreams with us and her new single, Less Than a Man, here's Maddie Colville Walker. G'day, Maddie, and thanks for joining us on the road. Thank you so much for having me. As a proud Indigenous woman, growing up, you were blessed with a wealth of encouragement and support from your family and others. Mm -hmm. How did that shape you as a songwriter and a musician? It's honestly so amazing to have the support of my family and communities, not just my own community, but community all throughout Victoria and New South Wales. You know, they've been so supportive. You know, I make great connections with Mob and I think it's really important to have those connections for songwriting. Mm. You know, you could meet somebody and they could tell you a story and I might meet an elder or somebody just for example. I can write about what I took from their story or how that person may have given me information that I might not have thought of before. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's honestly so beautiful to have that support and I'm super, super grateful for everyone. Sharing experiences and learning from others' experiences and things as well. Yeah, definitely. Your new single, Less Than A Man, it's hauntingly beautiful and thought-provoking. Thank you. What's the background to the song? So the song is about a heartbreak. <laughs> I promise I'm okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I think most of my songs are about heartbreak. And I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, this poor girl, she's been through so much. But realistically, I haven't. Mm. I haven't been through that much. But yeah, Less Than A Man is about a heartbreak. And it was how I was feeling at the time. And yeah, it's from the heart. That's where it really came from, just straight from my heart. <laughs> yeah. Just the cold, hard reality of today, I suppose. But COVID's been knocking us all around over the last couple of years, whether we're truckies or entertainers or whatever. Mm -hmm. but what have you been doing over that time to stay busy and keep the creative juices flowing? I've actually been pretty lucky with COVID. I've done a lot of songwriting and a lot of mentor programs with an organisation called The Push Incorporated down in Melbourne, which is a non-profit organisation for young and upcoming artists. Okay. So I've done a lot of work with them and connected with some amazing established artists and, yeah, just been working with them and it's been absolutely amazing. Yeah, great. I guess this year, 2022, it's already off to an interesting start <laughs> with Tamworth being postponed and all that as well. Mm -hmm. As much as you're able to know at this stage, what are your plans for 2022? You're going to be able to get out on the road and do some stuff? got some very exciting shows coming up on the 10th of April. I'll be performing at the Goulburn Valley Country Music Festival. Lovely. I'm pretty excited for that. The lineup is absolutely amazing. Yeah, and I've just got some shows down in Melbourne for like Brunswick Music Festival and yeah, just some busking stuff around my hometown in Echuca and I'm super excited. Where can our listeners go, Maddie, to find out more about you and your music? find out more about me and my music you can look me up on facebook just maddie colville walker music instagram maddie colville spotify just maddie colville walker pretty much anywhere all the usual socials all the usual socials yeah okay well it's been our pleasure to talk with our delightful guest maddie colville walker today maddie thanks heaps for making the time to come and play on the road with us thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it now to finish up, how about you introduce your new song for us? My name is Maddie Colby Walker and you're listening to my new single, Less Than A Man. I hope you enjoy. Cheers, Maddie. Stay safe. Thank you so much. Less than a 
Louise Bellardo, Executive Officer of the Northern Territory Road Transport Association, joins us today for a bit of a chat. Now, this is take two because I have to admit I made a bit of a mistake and mucked up the sound, so sorry about that, Louise. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. That's no problem at all. I understand technical details aren't my Uh, thing either. Well, it's a good job I can drive a truck, let's put it that way. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity to chat with you on your podcast. No, look, I appreciate your time coming on. It's a very busy time for you at the moment. We'll skip past the background for the moment. I'll, I'll get back to that later. Mate, you've got a hell of a lot going on up in the Territory today with the floodwaters cutting the train lines and the road lines. Now, what's going on up there, mate? Yes, that's an interesting time. And having both the rail as well as the road closed has made it very challenging. So Coles and Woolworths in particular haven't had their supplies delivered as of Sunday night. Mm. And we've got quite a number of trucks that are waiting on the other side of Glendambo for the road to open. Mm. Some of the floodwaters are going down reasonably quickly, but it's going to be very soft underneath. I don't think that the rail will probably get reopened before the weekend, though. It's much harder for them to get repairs done. I've seen some vision and still pictures of what's going on up there, and it just seems to me there's been a hell of a lot of infrastructure damage. It's going to take a little bit of sorting out, I think, isn't it? Yeah, in some parts, especially in South Australia. Mm. They've had colossal rain, though, Mm. and all is a leftover from Cyclone Tiffany that took an interesting path and then has dumped a lot of rain. It's a double-edged sword always, from road infrastructure point of view, big concerns, and because for us, we've only got one north-south road into Adelaide and out. That's right. But great for the pastoralists. I think everyone's very happy to get rain because there'll be plenty of green grass. Mm. Are you still getting trucks across from Queensland, though? 
across the northern side? Yes, yes. So the Baku is fine and also obviously from Perth to Darwin, that's just no problem at all at this stage. Mm. But no, it's the north-south road and just one of our trucking companies does something like 70 road trains a week in and out of Darwin. Mm. So, you know, that just highlights what isn't going to be on the table. And as I said, usually when the rail goes down, the road transport operators pick up the slack and do the heavy lifting but at this moment, they can't do that. So there's going to be a lot of containers not able to be here to be unloaded. Yeah, well, the train sort of really did knock about the road transport industry running north-south when the rail line was finished. I remember companies like Bulls that sort of basically disappeared overnight, didn't they? Yeah, for a little while that did happen. Mm. It was particular types of freight that obviously was going to be cheaper on the rail, mm. but it was very interesting how quickly certainly foodstuffs and perishables went back to the roads and anything that it's door-to-door is much easier to still do with the road transport. Mm. They found a healthy rhythm between the two services. We probably could do with some more freight for some of the mining work that's coming on stream that might challenge the one train line that we've got if some of the mines do all start up at the same time. Yeah, right. We saw some interesting video a guy did with his drone. One of uh, ABC Haulage's fellas put a bit of a video up on the social media that has had a heck of a lot of views to drive up through the middle. Did you see that? Yes, I did. Yes, he was phenomenal. I think it was a really sensible way to demonstrate what a trip from Adelaide to Darwin and back actually looks like. Yeah. I know there was a great deal of interest. I had some people making inquiries about the job. Some of our international workforce who obviously found that quite a romantic thing. But I don't think he gussied it up. I think he explained it really well. Andy and I had a good look at it. We both thought it was pretty good and the, the music in the background wasn't too bad. Yeah. And it's amazing how many views it gets too, the simple videos that people just don't get a chance to see. I actually reckon there's a spot for a program on telly not called Outback Truckies, just called Truckies. Yes. To highlight what we do all over the country because a lot of people do a lot of work all over the country and we're all different. Yes, exactly. I agree with you, Mike. Actually, our sister in Alice Springs has a drone and has just last year taken some amazing drone footage, Palm Valley, and some really unusual spots that GNS Transport, the family company, goes to. Yes, stunning things that you wouldn't ordinarily get to see. Watching it through the eyes of the drone is amazing. It's interesting just to look out over the bonnet and see the scenes as they roll by. I love it out the outback, I really do. Let's have a talk about Dino for a minute. Sure. There's a parking bay up there named after him, isn't there, Dino, your dad, Dino Bellotto? Yes, yes. It's almost opposite the Central Arnhem Road, so it's on the Stewart Highway just before Madaranka or after King River before you turn onto the Central Arnhem Road. Yep. Yes, our father came to Australia in the early 1950s and he had two trucks working at Rum Jungle Uranium Mine right. in the 50s and early 60s and that was sort of how he got his start. There was a story he used to tell about having an old Foden that he used to hand load with coarse river sand from the Cullen River and bring back to Darwin for the Greeks and Italian builders, yeah, back in the 50s. Right. He was an interesting man, taught us a lot about work ethic. Yes. I think our three brothers all embody the skills that they learnt from him at a very young age. Yeah. Obviously, deep roots in the trucking industry, your brothers are truckies and your dad was. Yeah. You've turned out very differently. You've gone more down the health pathway, but now you're there with the Northern Territory Road Transport Association. 
it's a pretty divergent set of skills you've got compared to what I would have expected from someone to be the executive <laughs> officer of a transport association. Yes, yeah. Don't judge a book by its cover, Mike. No, I'm not. I, I wouldn't dare. <laughs> I wouldn't dare. A psychology and injury management business for 30 odd years in the territory yeah. and done injury management and vocational rehab all over the territory pretty much. But on the side, since the early 90s, I was assisting trucking companies to draft and develop and implement their safety management systems. Hmm. So I did it for our brother's company in Alice Springs and then went on to help other businesses. And because, you know, I've always had that connection with the trucking industry and been passionate about that subject, got on committees and was doing advocacy work as an aside. Hmm. It was just complementary to seeing clients face-to-face day in and day out. You know, it sort of gave me an opportunity to just do something that was a little bit divergent to that one-on-one client work, which is hard going. It's always a challenge. Hmm. So I have sort of fell into the executive officer role by default after Peter Goad decided to retire because I was already established in that realm Hmm. and have just continued that advocacy work. I didn't expect to be still doing the role more than a decade later, but it grows on you. And certainly during the pandemic, it's just been incredibly busy. Yeah, well, I think all the associations are sort of feeling the pain when it comes to that. Certainly the goalposts have been moved a few times. It's been a little bit hard for some people to keep up, I think. Absolutely. Well, this is essentially a part-time role and I don't have anyone to delegate anything to. So much of the focus of the NT Road Transport Association is around infrastructure. 70% of our road network is still unsealed. Mm. And so a lot of the time and energy is spent trying to convince all layers of government to either upgrade or seal our road network and um, where to prioritise. We know how thin margins all of the trucking operators have but it's that much harder with your businesses mostly on dirt, on unsealed roads. Hard on the gear. Yeah, exactly. Repairs and maintenance is very costly. So it's not a level playing field if 70% of our road network is unsealed and you've still got to go out to those communities to deliver freight. Yeah, that's right. Hey, listen, we'll just stop here and have a quick break and hear from our sponsors. When I come back, I want to talk to you about the heavy vehicle national law and the divergent paths you've got up there in the Territory, the same as Western Australia. We'll come back and have a quick chat about that, okay? No problem. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. We're back with Louise Bellardo, Executive Officer of the Northern Territory Road Transport Association. Now, 
I have written several pieces about how the rules are different in Western Australia and the Northern Territory, and I finally got someone from the Territory that knows a little bit about it. I'm fairly sure, Louise, you're going to have an opinion on the NHVR and the heavy vehicle national law and why it doesn't work for you in the Territory. Thank you for giving me the opportunity, Mike, because I do have an opinion. I've actually been on the journey with the heavy vehicle national law since very early on in the piece. So I do understand the potential for a national heavy vehicle law and the benefits of it. Mm. But the reason why the Northern Territory chose to stay outside of that law back in 2010, 2012, we were doing a whole lot of consultation and engagement. And when it was implemented in 2014, it was never going to be suitable for the Northern Territory conditions, Mm. both from the fatigue management perspective as well as the access side of things. Mm. Interestingly, we've proven to be right, and now this review of the Heavy Vehicle National Law is actually looking at the Northern Territory in Western Australia and looking at our risk management approach to fatigue because we've emphasised for a very long time, it's every individual every day. Yes. Fatigue risk is different for a 65-year-old obese male versus a 25-year-old fit and healthy person, but everyone is treated exactly the same under a prescriptive system, whereas when they're again coming back to our unsealed roads, hmm. you're travelling on the Tanami Road, for example, you can do that perhaps at 40 kilometres an hour, or 60 kilometres an hour, even if you're very lucky and it's just being graded. Or another day, you might be moving a oversized scraper to the Newmont mine, and you might be doing 9 or 10 kilometres an hour. So fatigue risk, as well as fatigue, is very differently needing to be managed by individuals on that road, for example, compared to what the Hume Highway might demand. So we're open and receptive but it's not an approach that works for the Northern Territory at this time. Well, operators up in the Territory out in the desert, they're, in my experience, a different breed of creature. It's a very different mindset. It's someone who's got to be a lot more self-reliant and a lot more able to manage their environment around them. You manage their own existence in the environment, often without support from anyone else. Absolutely. That's right. Self-reliance, yes. Truck drivers, generally long-distance drivers, all truck drivers, I think, pretty much are self-starters. They get out there and they're used to working on their own, but it's just a different level of on your own. I mean, I used to love it getting out in the Cooper Basin and carting the oil gear and all that sort of thing. It gave you a sense of achievement. I used to love laying on the load and just looking at the sky at night. You know, it was beautiful. I don't think we can all be treated the same. No. I really don't. And I think that's where yourselves in the Territory and Western Australia have got it right. I think personally, as I've written, the Eastern states could stand a little bit of Western Australian and Territory pragmatism injected into their management model, I think. I agree. Common sense isn't always... (laughs) Common. (laughs) It's not recognised, no. But I made this point last time we spoke as well, and it's controversial. Hmm. I believe that a significant number of people left the road transport industry in the aftermath of the heavy vehicle national law being implemented Mm. because they couldn't cope with the fines and the treatment and also the type of work that the prescriptive hours demanded of them when you can take a break, uh, when you can't take a break, and then company rosters that had to comply with those prescriptive hours 
that didn't suit individuals. And unfortunately, a lot of those very experienced truckies may have continued to serve us well in the industry for another decade, Mm. but they left and they've gone and got other jobs or they've retired and our industry is the lesser because of that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Look, we're heading up towards the end of the interview. I do want to get you back because there's a lot of stuff I'd like to talk to you about, particularly with the health aspect of your knowledge. I really want to look at that further. But one question I've just got for you. We all know about Cyclone Tracy, and you were a kid in Darwin at the time, Christmas Eve 1974. What was it like up there for you? I mean, I was in Cyclone Larry, and it was a horrific thing, although I didn't suffer in the way Darwin did that Christmas Eve. How was it for you as a kid? It was probably more shocking and traumatising than any of us at the time realised. We just were fully immersed in it and six children in our family and our mum were flown out six days later to Melbourne and then to relatives. Yeah. But we lost our beautiful big double brick house that was, you know, six years old at the time that our father was very proud of. Yeah. Yeah, had to rebuild But it was a very frightening time. And I know with my therapeutic hat on at Christmas time, I mean, I often would see especially older females who hadn't had the opportunity to work through and process their grief as a consequence of the cyclone come to me. You know, and that would be 30 years later, even after that traumatic event. A lot of very resilient characters and the rebuilding after Cyclone Tracy was amazing from our family point of view. Mm. Our father had sand leases and obviously trucks, so he did a lot of clearing up and loaders and earth-moving equipment and things like that. So he was actually very involved in the reconstruction of Darwin. A lot of the houses that are in our suburbs now still got the coarse wash sand that he produced after the cyclone for years for them. Mm. Was it one of those things that's sort of been etched in the mind of all of Australia, I think, of what that was, and obviously seen pictures of it. Mm. I can't begin to imagine what it would have been like. Yeah. I know that the noise and the sound of things breaking is just incredible. Yeah, I certainly don't go to the Cyclone Tracy exhibit at the museum, the NT Museum. They've got a very good exhibition that's been there for a long time. Hmm. But they do have some of the sound of it, and uh, that just triggers me. It does trigger others as well. I'm sure it does. I'm sorry if I've brought any of it back by asking you about it. I appreciate you talking about it. No, as I it was a devastating time for Darwin. Hmm. But very fortunate that we build back better. <laughs> what Darwin is today wouldn't have been what it is if we hadn't had that cyclone, I'm sure. Yeah, it's a great way to clean up the streets, isn't it? (laughs) Line a few things up, just do a little bit of natural demolition, that'll sort it out. Yeah. Look, it's been great to talk to you, Louise. I do appreciate and I appreciate your indulgence in coming back and re-recording with me. It's not often it has to happen, but this time I'm afraid we had no escape. That's no problem at all, Mike. So it's been a pleasure to chat to you about things in the Territory. I appreciate your time. And we'll get you back, and I would like to talk to you about, as I say, your health agenda and stuff, and perhaps what your plans are for down the track. Yeah, that'd be good. But I'd particularly like to talk about the truck driver first responder training that we did last year. So I'll take you up on that offer. Thank you, Mike. Right. I'll get back in a couple of weeks, and we'll do it. All right. Thank you, Mike. Well, that was Louise Bellato, Executive Officer of the Northern Territory Road Transport Association. What an interesting lady she is and what a varied background and experience she's got. We're going to make a lot more use of her knowledge down the track. 
the first responder training that she's talking about, something that's very, very interesting. And there's a lady in Western Australia, Nola, her name is. I'm going to try and get her on at the same time because both got a lot to offer as far as this sort of training goes. That's something I think that we probably could do a little bit more of in road transport. There's a lot to learn there. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there. And in the meantime, take care of you. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, G'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. Hi, I'm Sammy Lumsden and you're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy. It's time for Wake the Truck Up with Ben Charles, the truckies tax accounting specialist. Thanks, Andy and Mike. Hi, I'm Ben Charles of Truckies Tax Accountants, Australia's number one truckies tax specialist. I'm here each week working hard for hardworking Aussie truckies to help them wake the truck up. In episode 45 and 58 onwards, I've covered all the essentials, so be sure to go back and listen to them and be here each week for our tips. Great news. As of this morning, I was live on national radio on 48 stations to 500,000 listeners on Triple M's Night Shift with Luke Bonner. And I want to say a big thanks to Mike Williams, who tracked me down to get me to share my trucky tax tips with you on this podcast. It was thanks to this show that I was picked up by Triple M to do live broadcasts, Q&A, and of course, my Wake the Truck Up Truckies Tax Tip segments each week. After my first appearance on Night Shift, where Luke Bonner introduced me to all those listeners, the calls flooded in for me to be live and accessible. It's clear to me that smart truckies want to know all about their tax returns, about how to claim, about how to claim more, and how to be richer, audit-proof, and to make tax returns easier and cheaper. Of course, I'll still be here each week on Australia's number one truckies podcast. And I'm also in talks with my agents to appear with John Laws for the Day Shift People and for Channel 7 and Channel 9 morning shows. All right, Truckhead, enough bragging. Let's get to sharing with you, listeners, right here and now. I briefly went over the things to do last week, but I want to drill home that point because I want to make it a things to-do list. So here, 
I'm going to go through a list and you ask yourself, have you done these things? And if you haven't, do them. One, have you ensured you are carrying 20 kilograms or more of tools, PPE, bedding, food, fridge, all that sort of thing from home to work so that you can claim your car under the bulky items rule? Two, if so, have you bought a private vehicle logbook from a news agent and started completing it? Because if you do so, you can claim the car by logbook, 15 to 20,000, as opposed to the lazy 5,000 kilometers method. That's a difference of about 15 to $17,000. So don't be a lazy truck. Get a book and complete it for 12 weeks. One 12-week logbook will last you five years if you have the same home, car, and job. So three, have you made a note to contact me free of charge if you move house, change car, or change job? so that I can tell you, keep another 12-week logbook for that combination. Four, have you already organized your dedicated tax receipts email address? Get that done. Five, have you saved that email address in the contacts of your phone, and if you have a wife, your wife's phone? Create the contact, AAA tax receipts, and save the email address you've just created. Six, are you photographing all your tax receipts and texting that photograph immediately to AAA tax receipts, that contact on your phone? Seven, have you organized a dedicated tax expenses bank card for both you and your partner and are both using it and only it to pay for all your work expenses? And finally, have you called one 300 to book a free appointment to identify all of your expenses? so you know which ones to pay for with the tax mother trucker card. None of this is difficult or costly. It's free to chat with me. So for God's sakes, wake the truck up. Do one thing right now. Save the number one 300 in your phone as Truckies Tax and call it ASAP. 24 hours a day we're available to get you set up for a bigger refund this year and a free review of all your lodge returns. I'm available 4 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day of the year, and I have the booking line open 24 hours a day. So what the truck is your excuse for not having booked? If it sounds too good to be true, remember, everything I share with you can be verified by calling the ATO on 132-861 or go online at ato.gov.au. And unless you're completely satisfied, you're under no obligation to proceed and will certainly not incur any costs. Remember, we're always interested to receive your questions here on the show, so send them in. Your questions will get answers that will be helpful to everybody. So wake the truck up. It's free to listen, learn, and to call one 300 Until next week, I'm Benjamin Charles, Australia's number one truckies tax accountant. Keep it safe out there. As soon as I get paid. need signage or graphics for your truck, trailer, van, boat, equipment or business, the Sticker Shed is the fast and cost efficient large format digital print and vinyl cut graphic business that can meet all your needs. They specialise in signs, graphics, decals, stickers, banners, one-way window signage and even large scale canvas prints. Don't be fooled by the name, the Sticker Shed has a fully mobile production facility which means they can manufacture your signage or graphics on the spot. Even if they're not in your area, they can still custom make your signs, stickers and graphics and ship them to you. 
For more information or to obtain a quote, send an email to brett at thestickershed.com.au, visit the Stickershed Facebook page or call Brett on 0412 105 151. The Stickershed, their business is making your business look great. G'day, it's James Johnston here and you're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. Hey Mike, been a bit quiet in the newsroom this week. Mate, it is. There's not a heck of a lot going on. It's just the same old stories reheated and re-barbecued and re-served, mate. Not a lot going on at all. Well, I guess they say no news is good news, so... Well, no news is good news, I suppose. Yeah. Have to run with that. I need a bit of advice, mate. I'm having trouble rolling into the new year. Right. I'm finding it really hard to get motivated. (laughs) Yes, so am I. What can I do for you, mate? I don't know, mate. I mean, here we are nearly the end of January, Mm. and my wife still hasn't told me what my New Year's resolutions are. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a worry when they don't help you out, isn't it? No. Well, I'm so used to acting on instructions. Anyway. (laughs) Yep. Mate, despite our best intentions to keep on the road a COVID-free safe zone, we hear that transport workers are dangerously exposed to COVID-19, with some workers being asked to return to work while still COVID-positive or showing symptoms, Hmm. close contacts being told not to test before returning to work and workplaces not being properly cleaned after positive cases have been found there. Hmm. The world's gone mad. The world has gone mad, mate, but this is where I get to do something that I've always wanted to do, right? Do I need to close my eyes? No, (laughs) No, you don't need to close your eyes. I get to say, the bombshell revelation. Oh, no. Like a real mainstream idiot, the the bombshell revelation. This is going on and no one knew anything about it. So this is unprecedented breaking news, is it? It is unprecedented, mate. It is unprecedented and breaking news. It's just absolutely ridiculous. It's a bombshell, this story, mate. A bombshell. I've got it out of my system now. It's good. Wonderful. So the union did this survey, right? Hmm. Two and a half thousand workers. Hmm. And they found that, scarily enough, the isolation and all this sort of thing was causing a few staffing issues. Oh, really? Yeah. And so they decided, so people have been, oh, come on, come back to work. It's all right, mate. It's just a bit of a head cold or the flu or whatever. Yep. Don't worry about it. It's all good. We need to get the groceries on the shelves. Mm. It's really quite amazing when you think about it. So 30% of the respondents, they're not yet eligible for the booster, although I don't know what having a booster is going to do for you. Mm. But anyway... Let's not get too much into it. The TWU National Assistant Secretary, Nick McIntosh, said that the relaxation of isolation rules has sent a dangerous signal to put workplace health and safety at the bottom of the pile. Mate, we're transport workers. We're at the bottom of the pile. Get used to it. Mm. It's just ridiculous. People are saying they've been harassed by telephone calls and pressured to go to work even though they could barely drive the bus. Yep. Look, I don't want to denigrate anyone's feelings. If, if you feel sick, stay home. Yeah. We're adults. We've been doing it for years. It's no real reinvention of the wheel, is it? No, it's not, mate. Bombshell revelation. Next. Mate, following an incident where a falling trailer narrowly missed three workers, hmm. the heavy-duty trailer manufacturer has been convicted by WorkSafe Victoria and fined over 30 grand. Yeah, 
Maxi Trans had a little bit of a disaster in their assembly plant. Mm. A worker was placing a support stand underneath the race trailer when it fell, hitting the stand and rolling to the right and narrowly missing all three. Well, the good part about it is that it narrowly missed all three. Mm. Obviously, uh, there's some sort of an issue there with their safe systems and practices. I don't know what to make of it, mate. How does a court get involved in something like this? I really don't understand. They reckon they've failed to maintain systems of work that are, as far as possible, reasonably practicable, safe and without risk to health. I don't know. Maybe I'm cynical, mate. Breathing's a risk to your health these days. Well, I don't think you are cynical. I was just thinking that while you were talking there that you can put all the best preventative things in place. Accidents still happen. Yeah, well, when you're handling something like the chassis of a 45-foot trailer or something like that, it's got to have your wits about you when you're doing it. And I think maybe these blokes did. That's why they didn't get hurt. Yeah. Anyway, Maxitrans have copped a bit of a blister. Learn your lesson, Maxitrans, you naughty boys. Yeah. The M1 Pacific Motorway is to benefit from an $80 million injection from the federal government for an extension to Raymond Terrace in the Hunter. And won't that be a wonderful thing when it comes to pass? I tell you what, that bit of driving between the end of the M1 around through to Raymond Terrace, that bit where you've got to drive through Beresfield and over the bloody bridge, everything, it's just a bloody nightmare. Mm. And if they can ever fix that, it will be brilliant. It will save so much time and frustration and traffic accidents every long weekend, every public holiday, whenever there's a great swathe of the general public on the road, there is always a nose to tail there. The traffic's a nightmare. It really does need something to be done about it. Yep. It's a $2.1 billion project being jointly funded with $1.68 billion coming from the Commonwealth Government, mm. and the New South Wales Government is committing $420 million. Oh, good on. So that's nicely balanced. I like the balance of that. Yeah. It's also going to enable the delivery of the Hexham straight widening project. A lot of road work's being done in New South Wales at the moment, and on that north side of Newcastle, getting all that sort of stuff sorted out out there is going to make a big difference to trip times and frustration levels. Be good. That'd be good as the Bruce before you know it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> in some positive news about the Ad Blue situation. Fertiliser manufacturer Incitec Pivot has ramped up production at its Brisbane plant by around 800%. Done a wonderful job, haven't they? They're getting busy. They're going to want to get very busy too because I'm still seeing AdBlue pumps with not-in-service signs on them. Mm. I'm still seeing ridiculous prices for AdBlue. I'm still seeing prices that don't reflect any sense of reality. Mm. The sense that this is not over is still well and truly out there among the blokes that are trying to get hold of it. There's still purchasing volume restrictions where you actually can get it. Yeah. This is a typical example of not being able to deal with the problems when they first show themselves. Yeah. Road Freight New South Wales CEO Simon O'Hara said the government needed to act when they did. And it's a rare thing that you get the Prime Minister declaring victory on something you've raised within your newsletter back in November. (laughs) So it's definitely a win for the advocacy of road freight in New South Wales. But it's not a regulated thing. It's not like fuel. It's just one of those things we just have to have it. A few days after the government stepped in to help boost the local production levels, the industry department quietly gave consulting giant McKinsey $319,000 for a month's work on the supply and demand analysis, forecasting and the presentation of data for the diesel exhaust fluid. Yeah, I wish I could have put my hand out for some of that. I could have given them a little bit of analysis. Yes. (laughs) Ridiculous. 
It's all right when someone's making a quid out of it, mate. Oh, that's it. It's like the old saying, mate. You'll never miss your ad blue till you're dry. That's right. Yeah. Exactly right. And up 800% in production, mate, before we know it, we'll have way too much of the stuff. They'll be doing specials on it. You know, with every litre, you get two free rat tests or something. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're going to need some rats, mate, because yep. all the truck-friendly COVID testing sites now, mate, are just about closed. Right. There's going to be a couple left on the way over to WA. One at Port Augusta, I think, is still open. Mm. But Gillenbar, Narendra, Tarkata, they're all set to close. Right. Obviously, you don't need to have the rats <laughs> if you're going interstate, north and south on the east coast. It's only going west where you need to do that now. Mm. So... It's one of these situations that's sort of developed now where I think on the East Coast, at least, common sense has broken out and the thing's pretty much in the rear vision mirror. Yeah. But there are some more important issues, and it's not really breaking news because we've known about this for a little while. Yep. The weather, the rain through Central Australia and over towards Western Australia has been diabolical. Can someone find Flannery and point out to him that it will fill the dams mm. because it's cut the roads and the railway lines north out of Adelaide into the Northern Territory and west across to Western Australia. The roads are cut, the trains can't run, and Darwin and Perth might run out of soap. Well, it never rains where the dams are anyway. Well, it never rains where the dams are, no. Certainly not in Queensland. No, certainly not in Queensland, mate. You've got a desal plant there to solve all that, haven't you? Oh, so I've heard, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it costs like, what's it, $80,000 a day? I don't quote me. I know it's some horrifically huge amount of money it costs every day for it to sit there and do nothing. No, it is, yeah. But anyway. No. Hey, just one thing to wrap up on before I get your tip for the week. Yeah. I've got a tip for the week for the drivers, right? Mm-hmm. I had a bloke on the phone today and rang me to tell me about his experience with the authorities in Victoria. Now, he's on an electronic work diary, this bloke. Electronic work diaries are fantastic, but just like a paper diary, you have to have it in the truck with you hmm. while you're driving, right? Yeah. Otherwise, they do you for not carting a logbook. It's a $671 blister. Yep. It does hurt, and my mate wasn't happy about it. He was even less happy about it because he just had the truck in the workshop for some major work. The workshop's right next door to where he parks the truck. So he'd wandered over the road to grab his truck. He drove it on the road for about, oh, I don't know, 10 seconds when he got mail. Mm. <laughs> They've given him a blister. Mm. Then they decided that they were going to plug him in and his readout was 101.3 or something ridiculous. So... Every KO was a killer. They wrote him a defect for that as well. Look, I don't know the whole story. I've only got his side of the story. But, you know, he sounded perfectly reasonable when he was telling me all about it. And my experience of him is that that is the sort of stuff that the Victorians are prone to do. Because let's face it, road safety sometimes is spelt R-E-V-E-N-U-E. Yeah. Almost sounds like the poor fellow was targeted, but they wouldn't do that, would they? Well, I, who knows? No, surely not. Maybe they would. Mm. <laughs> the take-home message, I suppose, is learn from this bloke's bad luck. Let's call it bad luck, shall we? Just to be diplomatic and understand that even if you're driving local, you do need to have that logbook in the truck with you, whether it's an electronic one or a paper one. You can't just leave it in the car while you do your local deliveries. That's not good enough. You have to have it in the truck with you. Yep. And if you're on BFM, boys and girls, you do need to fill it out while you're driving around. Unless you've been not working for several days, read the instructions in the front of the book. 
But if they catch you with it not filled out and you're on BFM and you're doing your deliveries, you are toast. Good advice there. Take your EWD everywhere with you, be it yep. the bathroom, you know, the shops. I'd take it with me. I'd tuck it under my arm and take it with me. You can get them on your phone. Uh, some of the ones you can get on your tablet and on your phone as well. So if you've got your phone with you, you've got your EWD with you. Yeah, just what you need, more stuff on your phone. Oh, look, I know I do. Yeah, no, I need more stuff on my phone. Okay. Got a photo of you on my phone. <laughs> Sweet. Bombshell revelation. <laughs> when I want to be scared, I look at it. <laughs> Tip for the week, mate. Hit me. Women marry men because they believe that he'll change one day. <laughs> yeah. Men marry women because they believe she'll never change. Mm. Both are sadly mistaken. They certainly are. Mm. That's an enlightening piece of information, mate. Thanks for that. More than welcome. I was going to run with a little story I told you before that came off Twitter, but I, I thought better of it. No. Mm. <laughs> we could both end up in big trouble, so we'll leave that one. Mate, I reckon we could. Yes, there you go. <laughs> See you in the soup. All right, brother. Take care of yourself. Have a good week. You as well. On the Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au and you can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. Hey, guys. Hi, guys. This is Sorry, man. I'll, I'll, I'll do a count, bro, okay? okay. <laughs> this is hard. Okay. One... Two, three. Hey guys. Hi guys, this is McAllister Kep, and you're and listening to On, on the, the Road with Mike and Mike Andy. And Andy. <laughs> Okay, time for something to talk about. And I want to talk about something that's happening in Canada rather than what's happening in Australia. In Canada right now, there is probably one of the largest truck protests going on that I've ever seen or heard about. There is apparently about 50,000 people involved in this protest so far. It's a truck protest against cross-border vaccine mandates that came into effect on January 15. Now, there's about 160,000 drivers who cross regularly between the US and Canada. They are all going to have to be double vaccinated in order to come back into Canada or go through the quarantine process and the PCR process that we've become used to here in Australia. This is really incredible that they've raised just an absolute bucket load of money to pay for this protest. Last Sunday, the number was about 2.5 million Canadian dollars. Today, as I look at it, the number's up around 3 million Canadian dollars. And there's about 26,000 truck drivers at the moment that are refusing to be jabbed. So they're coming from all corners of Canada and they're heading towards the country's capital in Ottawa to make their protest about the mandates there. The Canadian Trucking Alliance and the American Trucking Association are supporting the mandates. They don't agree with the protest. Canadian Trucking Alliance are saying that it's unsafe to perform any sort of a protest on public roads and they're basically calling everyone names and telling them to go back to work. It's about what you'd expect, really. But what's happening there is fundamentally an issue that we've been grappling with here and we tried to have our protest here in Brisbane and that sort of fizzled. 
Now, these guys are dead set serious. They say they are not going to move until the Canadian government backs down. And of course, Trudeau is basically saying, well, the only way to cross the border is to be vaccinated. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens and interesting to keep an eye on the developments. But I'll tell you what, these Canadian boys are really showing us how to put on a protest. Go and have a bit of a Google. Just Google Canadian trucking protest. Have a look at some of the images. It's incredible. They're doing all this in the snow, by the way. It's not exactly summer weather over there. So more power to them, I suppose. It's a democracy. They are a Commonwealth country, the same as we are. We've got a lot of similarities with the Canadians. I think we can blame them for B-doubles too. I'm not 100% sure. Someone check me, but I think that's where the concept came from. The Canadian Freedom Rally 2022. That's something to talk about. Taking us out this week, here's the lovely Catherine Britt with Can't Change a Thing. Kissed you twice, it was nice. I will not apologize. I ran away to change my mind. Well, at least I didn't lie. That's our show for this week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Be sure to join us again next week when Mike says... Well, here's the thing. Andy says... If that all makes sense. And our guest says... You ought to have a future in this, dude. Until we catch up with you again next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. There are things-